This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I wanted to do an episode today about year planning. And I have talked about this on this podcast before. In fact, um, I've done a really in-depth series on this before. I did a recap episode like I'm going to do today, but I've also done episodes where I did each step as an individual episode. So I went into a lot of detail in the past, but I want to touch on this again because I get a lot of feedback from people who find who found those episodes in the past. Um, I've heard from a lot of people that those are some of the most helpful. And um, just with how crazy everything's been and how up in the air everything's been, I know that a lot of you are probably feeling scattered and overwhelmed and uncertain, and it would really help if you had a plan together. Now, a lot of this um, is a little bit, <laughs> you know, tentative and speculative because COVID numbers and restrictions just change all the time. And depending on what area you're in and your family's flexibility and comfortability, um, it might just be a little bit challenging, a little extra challenging because COVID makes everything extra challenging. So with that being said, um, I still find that having a plan to work off of makes it a million times easier to be a troop leader and to balance all the rest of the priorities in your life and still have time to be a troop leader. When you are rolling with it by the seat of your pants and week by week, you're asking yourself, oh shoot, do I have a meeting plan? How can I come up with one really quickly? It can be a lot, it can be overwhelming. And I wanna add a little caveat here before I get into the different steps and say that, okay, we need to address the girl-led piece. And so some troops do troop meetings where girls rotate through and the girls actually lead the meetings. Interestingly, I actually haven't heard as much about this in the last couple of years, um, even pre-COVID, as I did when girl-led first became a really huge priority and a really huge staple in Girl Scout culture. Um, but that was kind of like one of the suggestions when girl-led first became a thing which was to have the girls individually plan meetings. So they would each pick a badge, they would look at the steps for that badge, and they plan the activities for the meeting. Or the girls pick a badge and then different girls each get an individual step of that badge and they take turns leading that specific step. Now you definitely can do it this way. I'm never going to discourage you from doing it this way. But I will also say that I have never done it this way. So if that is not necessarily a good fit for your troop or it's not how you wanna do things, then there are other ways to incorporate girl leadership. And additionally, if you have really young girls, like I would say K to three, again, I'm not going to tell you you can't do this model. You definitely can. But it's obviously more challenging to have a girl in grade K to three doing something like this, leading a whole meeting or leading part of a meeting compared to having like high school girls lead meetings. So, you know, to each their own. I'm also going to say, though, as the girls get older and they are an age that there may be a better fit for this model as far as their leadership um, comfortability and their skills and their just development, um, they may be less interested in doing it this way. I know for my troop personally, um, they liked to take leadership in other ways, but actually planning a meeting, I just don't think it would have been a good fit for my troop. I never did homework of any kind. Um, they earned what they earned if they were in attendance and there were no extra things that they had to do at home. And that took a little bit of adaptation because some of the badges actually have sort of requirements of things to do at home, like household elf, for example. Um, and that definitely took some adaptation if we wanted to do something like that in my troop. I don't think we ever earned that badge in my troop, but you get my point. Like. There are badges in the program that have built in things of do extra work at home. And I just, I didn't like that um, for the girls that I had in my troop and the families that I had in my troop. I wanted it to be um, an experience while we were there. I also want to add that my troop wasn't 100% badge driven. Um, we used the badges in my troop as jumping off points. So we would use badges and journeys to kind of experiment and learn a little bit about a subject. And then if there were things that they were really interested in, we you know, we used the momentum of that. So one thing that we discovered early on, because I started when my girls were second graders, um, one thing that we, or for the most part, I mean, I had a multi-level troop even in the beginning, but they were mostly second graders. Um, but those girls, they loved the home scientist badge and they loved the senses badge. They loved science. And so when we discovered that that was what they loved to do was hands-on science, we did 
several more science experiment based meetings and hands on science meetings because that's what the girls loved to do. And it was an opportunity for them to pursue what they loved. And so with that being said, there are a ton of other ways to incorporate girl leadership and the girl led um, aspect of Girl Scouts, which is very, very important to GLSLE as a whole, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast, and I'm always going to continue to talk about because I'm very passionate about it. If you've been listening for a while, or if you've gone back into the archives and you've been binge listening, then you know um, where I'm going with this. But we are always going to touch on the other ways that you can incorporate the girl-led idea as um, part of this, whether you do that girl rotation model or not. And so um, the girl rotation model is great. It's not wrong. It's just not how I personally have done things. And I know, honestly, I don't know any other troop leaders personally that I'm really close to that use that model. So I wanted to share um, other, other ways that you can do Girl Scouting and still achieve the GSLE outcomes and initiatives. And I think that prior planning is a really big part of it. For me, this is another reason actually why doing that girl rotation model was a little bit of a struggle for me is that in my experience, I felt stressed out with just tasking a girl with something and then waiting to see if she did do it at the next meeting. And like, what if she doesn't show up or what if she was unprepared? Then what are we doing for that troop meeting? And additionally, it felt a little complicated to me to have the supplies or whatever prepared. I mean, you certainly can do it where the family would pay out of pocket for those supplies um, that are needed and then you would reimburse them with a receipt and from the troop funds and that would pay for the supplies that they had to get for their meeting. Um, depending on the circumstances with your families, maybe that's just a, a shared expense where when it's their turn, they would just get whatever the supplies are for that meeting. But that also requires a lot of family involvement, especially when the girls are younger. And um, if there's expenses or supplies involved, no matter how old they are, that's going to require family involvement and family investment. And I think that um, not all girls have equal support at home. And I don't think that it's fair to task them with that. In case you can't tell, I'm kind of anti-homework in general, which, I mean, even with school, I just think that it sets kids who have the support system at home or a family support system that's built with bandwidth to in their structure to be able to support kids with the at-home stuff. Um, and not, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot of families who don't have the bandwidth to support kids at home with another homework assignment, let alone their school homework. So anyway, just my two cents. Again, it's not wrong. If that's how you want to do it, that's cool. But um, here's what I do. And so <clears throat> this is going to sound a little um, overwhelmingly planned by adults because the planning and preparation is done by adults. That's not to say that you couldn't involve the girls in this um, process. I typically do it as like a troop leader, almost like bonding thing, almost like a troop leader retreat type thing. Um, ideally, it would be done over a weekend where the troop leaders are kind of spoiling themselves on their own dollar. Um, of course, if it's for planning the troop, that's up to you to work out with your council as far as using troop funds. But um, this is something that's kind of like a dream of mine and my uh a couple of my co-leaders from the past who we sort of had this vision of like, let's do a girls weekend kind of getaway. And um, while we're even if it's a staycation, while we're at like a hotel or whatever doing our thing, we can also plan the next Girl Scout year. Um, I do take the girls into consideration, duh, because that's the point. And the way that we do this is one of our last meetings of the school year is an opportunity for the girls to talk about the next year and what they want to accomplish, especially if they're bridging. That's um, one of the times that we would do our bridging requirements because we had a multi-level troop. And so it was really easy to get 
the girls to have the opportunity to meet with um, the level that was bridging up to theirs, as well as to meet with the next level they were bridging to. That's a bridging requirement for the bridge patches, the rainbow badge looking thing um, that goes underneath the troop numbers. So in order to accomplish that they're supposed to to meet with both levels below them and above them and that was really easy in a multi-level troop so um when we were accomplishing that we would also have the girls look ahead at what their next level looked like and what kinds of things they wanted to accomplish and if they were staying at the same level it was an opportunity to see what they still wanted to do that they hadn't done yet that's level specific it's also an opportunity to get feedback on what they loved the most about the previous year um, that ha- is just coming to a close so they can really re- re-experience and like walk down memory lane about what they loved the most and um, what was the most meaningful and what they got to do together that year. So <clears throat> so I do get girl girl feedback, of course. Um, all throughout the year and especially at a meeting like this. And I normally plan my year after a meeting like this. Um, And so like this would take place in probably April or May because our girls' school ends up being early August to early May. So that's typically when my troop meets or used to meet. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, so the only thing is that with COVID, um, it's just been so tough. And so we didn't end up doing our planning meeting for, well, let me back up. (laughs) We planned a 2020 to 2021 school year, the one that ended in the spring. We planned that whole year hoping we were going to be able to be back in person and then we're not able to be back in person for the whole year. So the whole plan ended up being for nothing. So this year, I waited until the summer. And during the summer, that's when the troop leaders and I got together to actually make a plan for this year. And as y'all know from my previous episode from last week, um, unfortunately, uh, we found out that that whole plan was pretty much getting thrown out as well because most of our levels did not continue. Now, it wasn't for nothing because the dates are still valid and the younger girl program, some of it can still be carried over. Some of it was based on being a multi-level troop, which they're not anymore. Um, They're now a single daisy level troop, um, which is really cool for them. I think that's going to be a much easier experience for brand new troop leaders who have never had a troop before. Um, But yeah, anyway. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. What does a planning session actually look like? And I wrote out a couple of steps here, but I'm going off the cuff about these steps. So you can kind of tell the difference between an episode like this and an episode that I really, really am very planned out and uh, very structured. So you'll have to let me know what you guys prefer. Do you prefer to hear me just talk conversationally and be off the cuff with you? Or do you prefer the super planned ones that are maybe a little more polished and maybe a little more organized? Anyway, um, so the very first step, well, I guess before you even do your step, it's the prep part, right? So I most like to use um, like a Google sheet for this because Google Docs can be shared with, um, you know, all of the troop leaders. We can all see it and we can all edit it in real time. And so we can all have the same sheet open on our laptops or iPads or whatever. And we can go through it that way. Um, So that's my personal favorite way to do it. And I do use Google Sheets. You could use regular Excel the same exact way, um, but obviously it would just be your own file. Or of course you can use paper. You can also do this on an actual calendar. So whether that's like Google Calendar or if you print out monthly calendars, I've also done this before in the past where I printed out monthly calendars and then I just made copies, photocopies of them um, or scanned them in and sent them digitally or whatever. I also have um, definitely gone through phases where I'm really into planners. And so planners can look like all kinds of different ways. They can have monthly, they can have weekly whatever. Um, Whatever planning process you like. 
what I do is using a Google Sheet or an Excel sheet, I will like make a heading for each month and just skip some lines in between each month. Um, and the reason why I like to do it in Excel as opposed to handwritten, because I love handwritten stuff, you guys. Like I'm a total school supply slash office supply nerd. And having my favorite pens and a fresh planner or a fresh calendar, that's so fun to me. I love, love, love handwriting. However, um, it's a lot neater, I find, to do it digitally because then I can put it in chronological order and it's really easy for me to move stuff around. And it's a lot harder to do that on paper. So, um, you know, use whatever method you like. There's also a really cool... Um, I'm going to call it software, but that's not actually true. A really cool website called Trello. If you haven't heard of it before, it is a project management um, website. And you basically, if you want to think of it, it's like you have a big poster board or a big blackboard or whiteboard and you have post-it notes basically, and you can put the post-it notes wherever. And then it's really easy to move those post-it notes around. And then each of those essentially post-it notes is like a specific entry or a specific task and you can set a deadline on it. You can make a checklist on there. You can assign different users to it. So you can color code them. Like there's so many things that you can do with those individual, they call them cards on Trello. But you basically, if you want to picture it, like as if you were, if you were writing it on a whiteboard, you'd maybe make like a column for each month. And then um, you would take post-it notes and you'd put them under each month and then you could move them around, right? And so that way, if you wanted to move, um, if you needed to add in a date so that it was in chronological order, you could easily move it up or down. And if you wanted to switch an activity from October to April, you could just pick it up, like unstick it and then restick it. That is how Trello works. So Trello would be a really good option for this as well. Everybody does have to have an account, but it's free. Um, or you could just make one account and share it. But it'd be cool if everybody had individual ones among your troop leaders, because then, like I said, you can attach specific people. You can write comments to each other, um, you know, whatever you want. Um, and you can put images or upload files there. So that's a really, really cool um, organization tool for planning that I really recommend playing around with. I love Trello. I use it for a million things. But I have never actually used it for this. I just right now was thinking about how it would actually be really helpful for something like this. But I use Excel. And so what I do is instead of columns like that, I mean, you could do it like that, but it would be kind of messy. What I like to do is just in rows, I put all of the months um, in order. So it'd be like August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Um, I might write June and July in there um, on either end or both ends, just in case there is stuff. Sometimes we do like one event over the summer that we call a summer reunion. Um, there might be council event opportunities that you are going to let your girls know about, but aren't necessarily troop events. So, you know, you could put them in there if you want to. Or if your troop meets year round, obviously you would want to include them. So the next thing that I do is I go ahead and um, under each month, I go ahead and fill out. So this is the actual, I guess, step one after you set up your sheet. And if you did this on paper, you would write out each month and just leave space, leave a big gap in between each month so that you can write in all the details you need for that month. Um, so the first thing I do is write down like holidays, um, whatever the school district already has scheduled off, whatever, you know, my work, my co-leaders work, whatever, what days we have off, what, what days are holiday days, um, go ahead and write in all of those holidays and days off that are already scheduled because especially with having girls that go to multiple schools, that was really, really helpful to me because most of them were in the same school district, but some of them weren't. And that allowed me to line up when their fall breaks were, when their spring breaks were, and so on and so forth, um, because they're not necessarily the same dates. Similarly, I wanted to go ahead and get mine and my coworkers um, 
scheduled days off in there because it just helps you kind of see the big picture or see the whole picture. Um, and, you know, I generally don't really schedule stuff on school holidays. So, like, I don't I don't really schedule stuff on fall break or spring break. Occasionally we have a troop meeting that falls on fall break or spring break and we'll still have that meeting. But we expect low attendance. You know, we plan for that to be a meeting that it's okay if people miss and because we're going to get a really low turnout, um, even like in teacher in service days and things like that, if it makes a three day weekend or if there's like a half day and then um, it lines up right against a weekend, a lot of our families in our troop would travel during those weekends. And so we would make sure that those weekends were off limits for Girl Scout planning purposes because we just knew that they were going to be unavailable. So that's the very first thing is going in and writing out all the holidays. You might want to take into consideration like Jewish holidays as well because a lot of times schools and work offices don't give holiday non-Christian holidays off. And so I, I said Jewish holidays specifically because that is the next one that affected our troop. But the reality is you might also want to um, look at Islamic holidays and any other kind of religion and faith communities in your area or that might impact your troop. Whether, I mean, if you know for sure that nobody in your troop celebrates um, or nobody in your troop belongs to um, like Islam or something, then um, you don't necessarily need to take those into consideration, but it's just good practice because the world does not take those holidays into consideration. School does not usually take those holidays into consideration. Work does not usually take those holidays into consideration, but the families are still impacted by that. And so it just helps create a really inclusive environment if your troop just gets in the habit of taking that into consideration. Um, plus, it's gonna help you with planning seasonal stuff. So we'll come back to that in a second. But I go ahead and get all of those written out so I know where they fall. From there, I also go ahead and write in any days that I know troop leaders are unavailable. So if you know you have a wedding or you know you have um, like a bridal shower or a bachelorette party or your family's traveling, like your family's taking vacation a certain day or... You have a work trip that you have to plan for or you have a big event at work that's going to take over your life at a certain time or whatever it is. You and your co-leaders um, have lives outside of the troop. And so trying to accommodate that and trying to take that into consideration from the beginning so that you don't run into a problem where you can't cover something because you didn't know so-and-so wouldn't be available. We can just plan around it. Like, that's totally fine. Same with, like, your birthdays, your kids' birthdays, things like that. Like, go ahead and write those in. Um, you don't necessarily need to write in birthdays for your troop members, but you totally can. Um, I've gone back and forth on this. Some years we have celebrated girls' birthdays. Some years we don't. The problem really run in, runs into girls whose birthdays fall when we're not meeting, whether that's over, like, a big holiday excuse me, over a big holiday break or in the summer. And so they just don't get the same opportunity to be celebrated the same way. Um, so I've gone back and forth on writing down girls' birthdays or not, but you may want to write that down. Um, but I'm really talking about co-leaders. You and your co-leaders need to know um, what each other's like life schedules are. So whatever you know, go ahead and write that in. Now, there's, of course, going to be stuff that comes up that you don't know about. Like somebody's going to get pregnant and then they have a baby shower and you don't know. You didn't know that when you planned it. Right. Um, or, you know, so and so is having a surprise party or somebody had a had a loss and they have services to attend or like you can't obviously you can't plan for everything and things are going to come up or even happy like unexpected opportunities to travel or um, have vacation or something. You're just going to fill those in when you know them. Right. So you and your co-leaders will fill them in as soon as something comes up and they know that they're going to be unavailable. So that's the start. The next step that I do is I go in and I fill in um, our troop meeting dates. So for my troop, we used to meet every other week and usually we would end up having a like longer break 
during the holidays because we'd get like three weeks off between Christmas New Year, and New Year's. So I don't try to plan meetings or events during that time. There's just too many things, too much travel, too much family stuff, way too much going on in the end of December and beginning of January. So we just plan like from essentially mid-December to probably the second week of January. We're just not going to meet. And so based on how that all falls and where back to school falls and everything like that, that's how I sort of plan where my troop meeting dates are going to be for the year. Now, at this point, um, we're talking about this September 28th is when I'm recording this. So it's actually going to go live the first week of October. Most of you who are listening to this are already meeting for the year. Um, And so I'm making this episode assuming that most of you are um, sort of treading water somewhat from week to week of what's coming up next for Girl Scouts, especially in light of all of the uncertainty and craziness that has come with the pandemic, Um, just taking it (laughs) beat by beat. But um, I know that there's a lot of newer leaders who are listening to this who are just getting their troops going. And so this applies to everybody. I think it's never too late to plan, but you might already have troop meetings planned, in which case you just need to fill in what the dates are um, under each month so that you can see how they fall. Now, if you meet weekly, it's kind of easy to see how they fall, but it's still helpful, I find, to have the actual dates in there numerically, especially in relation to all the other stuff that you just filled in. So if there are troop meetings that you need to cancel, like, oh, I didn't realize that the troop meeting that would have fallen on, I'm just making this up, March 24th, um, that's gonna not going to happen, right? So we need to plan on that being a bye week. Or um, the troop meeting that's coming up on October 17th, um, so-and-so and so-and-so troop leaders are not available, which means we don't have enough adults for that meeting. We need to make sure we get adult coverage or else that meeting is going to have to get canceled and so on and so forth. Or, well, I know I'm traveling and I'm going to be back in time for the November 7th meeting, but I'm going to be traveling right before that. So I better make sure that I plan ahead so that everything is prepared before I leave for my trip, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it just helps you be able to uh, have everything in perspective if you can see them in chronological order, ideally, but at least next to each other, like in relation to dates that are significant, whether that's holidays or days off or whatever. Okay. Um, So listing all your troop meeting dates, that was the next step. So now we have a list of all of the months of the year or school year, depending on which is relevant to your troop. We have all of the holidays and school vacations and work holidays. Um, We have personal commitments all filled in and we have our troop meetings all filled in date wise. Okay, my troop previously did one about one event per month. And sometimes we would end up doing two events per month outside of troop meetings, depending on if we needed to split by age level. So again, I've talked about this in the past, but because we had kindergarten, like this year, we would have had kindergarten through eighth grade. That is a huge age difference. There is so many activities that, you know, eighth graders might want to do and have been working really hard to earn money to be able to do that kindergartners who are brand new to Girl Scouts and have never been away from their parents for more than um, the length of kindergarten, like that's brand new for them um, each day, let alone gone to overnights or weekends away or anything. Um, there's a huge discrepancy in kind of what they can do. And for progression purposes, you really need to ease your younger girls into the bigger events, which the older girls have already had that progression. And so they can do things for longer, further away, and so on and so forth. Higher levels of risk and all that. So if we plan something that's only applicable to older girls, we would plan something equal as an opportunity for younger girls. So, for example, in the past, we had a weekend camping trip that everyone but our daisies could do. Um, Our daisies then 
actually, I think we did everybody but daisies and brownies could do. And so our daisies and brownies had a pajama breakfast that we went and surprised them. We went and picked them up, woke them up in the morning and picked them up. We had a big van um, that we put them all into. And so like a 12 passenger van and we went and knocked on all the doors and woke all the girls up in their pajamas. And so, of course, the parents knew about it. Right. But we surprised the girls and took them to breakfast in their pajamas. But that was only for little girls. The older girls got to have the opportunity to go on the camping trip. So um, occasionally in a specific month, we might have two events, but for the most part, we would have one event per month on weekends outside of troop meetings, except during cookie season, which would be um, cookie booths. So With that being said, with the exception of like cookie season, which I know in my area is pretty much February, um, it starts at the end of January and ends uh, at the beginning of March. And so every year. So I know the month of February, we don't need to do this because all of February we're going to be doing cookie booths. But the rest of the months, I'm going to go through with my co-leaders and we're going to pick out tentatively what weekends will work for events. We don't necessarily need to know what the events are at this point. We're just earmarking this weekend would be good for everyone this weekend would be good for everyone how does it fall in relation to holidays and school breaks how does it fall in relation to your troop meetings how does it fall in relation to your last event and so on and so we would sort of plan these out um just tentatively earmark them Okay, so the next thing you're going to do is think seasonally. What meetings and events do you already know? And so this is where you're going to fill in. We know Juliet loves birthday, um, so we're going to fill that in. We know World Thinking Day, so we're going to fill that in. We know our cookie season dates at this point. Now, sometimes if you're planning in the spring, you might not necessarily have these dates yet, so you might have to estimate them based on what you know. If you're a brand new troop, you might have no idea when that is, but if you're a returning troop, you have a general idea. I know that almost always cookies are delivered for my area um, on MLK weekend in January. And so then we go about six weeks from there. So however that falls, we're going from about MLK day to six weeks from then. So I can at least tentatively write that in. Um, If I need to adjust it, then I'll adjust it. And I know some of you might be listening thinking your cookie season's only six weeks long because some of you guys have some really, really long cookie seasons. But yes, in my area, cookie season is usually only six weeks. Sometimes it gets extended, but it's usually only six weeks. So anyway, um, you want to write in if you're planning now, like in the fall, um, then you want to go ahead and write in your cookie season dates, which you will already be able to find through council. And if you don't know what they are, check your council's website contact your service team. They know the dates, so (laughs) you may not know them, but the dates are available. Um, If you have fall product, you want to write in your fall product dates. Um, and, And along those lines, you can also then kind of write in meeting plans that are seasonal. So if you want to do something for Juliet Lowe's birthday slash Halloween, um, either one of those occasions, then you can go ahead and write in whatever meeting falls closest to that date um, on your calendar. You can go ahead and write that in tentatively. You don't have to plan the whole meeting, but you're just going to write in the activity. We also tend to do the last calendar, the last meeting of the calendar year. So our last meeting in December, we usually did some kind of holiday party. Now we wouldn't do Christmas specific because we did have girls who did not celebrate Christmas, but we would do like a festive, it's the end of the year, we're calling it a holiday party and we're celebrating um, the end of the year together. And plus we're about to go on holiday break. So it's just always a party for us. We usually do have games and food and some kind of troop gift at that uh, meeting. But you don't have to do any of those things. That's just what we did. So I would be able to go ahead and fill that in. Um, If you have girls bridging, you might be able to go ahead and fill that in tentatively. Um, If you 
And maybe that's your, you know, you want to attend a council or a service unit bridging ceremony, but you don't know the date for that yet, but you know, it's probably going to be in, let's say May in your area. So the May event weekend that you earmarked, just go ahead and write that as bridging. If you need to change that date, then you'll change that date. That's not that big of a deal. It's flexible, right? But at least, you know, you don't need to plan another May event because the May event is bridging if your girls are bridging. Um, so then you can also think about my troop usually would go caroling at an assisted living community every year. And so my December event is going to be caroling. So we can go ahead and put that in. Um, if you wanted to do like a seasonal type event, let's say in our area, there's a specific parade that happens in February. And it's a little tough because it's during cookie season. But if my troop wants to participate, then it's an optional event. And so I go ahead and write that in. Right. I can look up when that parade is going to be for that year and I can go ahead and put that in. If you want to do a holiday parade, the dates are already available, you guys. So you can go ahead and look them up Um, now because of covid some things might be canceled or they might be tentative or they might be pushed back or they might be online only um, or they might say we haven't announced a date yet because we don't know if we're having this event. And so with all of that craziness and unknown, um, looking up what information there is is just the best you can do. So things that you know you want to do that are seasonal, that's the next thing that you're filling in. And to some extent, that's going to go ahead and give you a rough outline of a bunch of your meetings and a bunch of your events. Like um, depending on where you live and the weather, right, there are only certain months that are going to be ideal camping weather. And so you can go ahead and pick where like we would usually try to do uh, at least two overnights a year. Might be a sleepover, might be um, a hotel, might be a camping trip. Camping could be cabin or tent. It totally varied year by year and depending on the girls and their progression. But um, you can go ahead and mark in like, for example, for me, I could go ahead and mark in my fall and my spring camping trip based on weather. Like it's really freaking hot here um, until easily October. But if we go north, like if we're going a little bit further away, it gets really cold really quickly. And so there's like a, a window of ideal time. And so I'm going to go ahead and earmark the months that make the most sense for our camping or overnights. Um, and so I've filled in at this point, a lot of the meetings and a lot of the events. Um, Oh, another thing to think about is like with cookie season, if you know when cookie season is going to be, you can also plan to have like a cookie prep meeting. You might need a parents meeting. You might need um, a cookie prep meeting so the girls can review prices and flavors. You might need um, you might want to write in when are you doing like your financial literacy badges? When are you doing your cookie business badges? If you want to do them, if the girls want to do them, Um I personally like to do those badges before cookie season or at the very beginning of cookie season and then let the meetings during cookie season be more based around World Thinking Day and global action because it kind of gives them something to think about other than cookies. We're doing so many booths and door to door family and friends sale, all of that that it can be a lot of cookie crazy and the girls might just be sick of cookies. And so it gives them something else to do, something else to talk about, something else to think about. And so for me, I can write in um, cookie meetings in December and January. And then um, in my February meetings, I like to do World Thinking Day and Global Action because my girls really, really loved those, which again, that was a trial and error thing. You know, like we tried the World Thinking Day and Global Action activity packets um, one of the years and the girls loved them so much that then we knew this group of girls really, really likes those. So um, you can go ahead and write those in. Um, Of course, like I said, bridging time slash planning ahead for the next year. Um, We would do one of those probably in April with the girls being able to give feedback and stuff about what they liked. Um, Also in my troop, the last meeting of the school year in May was always um, portraits and scrapbooking. So we would do individual portraits, grade level portraits, um, 
whole troop portrait, like a whole troop picture. And while we were pulling girls to do these portraits, we were also listening to music and they were making scrapbooks. And so I can go ahead and write that in because we did that every single year. I knew that's what the last meeting was going to be. Now, if you're a brand new troop leader, (laughs) this might be a lot really fast. It might be a little bit over your head. And so I'll do another um, episode where I'm going to go through seasonally what is Girl Scouts. And um, and so I'll do that. In fact, I wonder if I should release that first. Maybe I'll do it as a bonus episode and release them both this week. Anyways, look for that one soon um, because I'll go ahead and explain kind of what the seasons of Girl Scouts are so that you can sort of plan for that. Um, but if you're a returning troop leader, you already know that or if you've been involved as as a, uh, you're now an alum, then you already know what the seasonality is. So once you've done this, you've already filled in. I mean, it's amazing once you do this to see how much of your year is already kind of planned. And then there's only a few things that you have to go in and fill in. So at that point, you're going to consult the list of events, activities, and badges that your girls said they want to do or they want to do more of. And if you're a brand new troop, you can still ask your girls at the next meeting if you want to, or you can just pick some stuff so that they can kind of taste test and experiment. And you're just going to get feedback and pay attention um, this year to what they really, really love the most and what they really respond the most to. Um Also, if you need ideas or suggestions for activities or field trips or guest speakers, which is one of my favorite easy meetings, um, I have two episodes. (laughs) I have two episodes, which I'll link in the show notes um, with a whole big list of ideas for guest speakers and a whole big list of ideas for field trips and activities to do with your girls, no matter what grade level. And so I will go ahead and link to those, but those are easy things to go ahead and fill in. Um, But also just thinking about what badges they said were a priority to them or what badges you think sound the most fun or sound the most like your girls or whatever. And for that, if you have no idea, Girl Scouts has a badge explorer. And so if you can just Google Girl Scouts badge explorer and it will come up, it's super easy, but I'll also link it in the show notes and you can see an overview of all the badges by age level. You don't need to log into anything. It's super easy. And it has the five steps listed for each of the badges. Although daisies, a lot of them are three steps, but you get my point. Um, It has the steps listed for each badge. Now, if you actually are in the volunteer toolkit or if you have the physical badge packet, there's a lot more information for each step and a lot more um, like planning, planning, plans and activity suggestions. And the volunteer toolkit even has literal scripts that you can use. Like they will plan your meetings for you if you want to do it that way. Um, I like the flexibility of using the Badge Explorer and then jumping off of that based on what I know my girls will will like and what sounds really fun and exciting and new. Um, But either way, the Badge Explorer will give you a really good kind of taste test um, or like test drive for all of the badges that are available for your level. And it's updated when there's new badges. So whereas if you have badge packets and you're like flipping through the book, there are new badges that come out at least every year, if not just randomly every couple of months, there's new badges that get announced and you won't have those in your book unless you go buy them. And so you don't necessarily know if they came out, but on the badge explorer, they're all there. So that's really handy. Um, So you can go in and again, you don't need to plan the actual meeting. You're just going to put the meeting topic. Like at this meeting, we're going to do brownie bugs. At this meeting, we're going to do brownie dancer. At this meeting, we're going to do brownie home scientist. Um, And for my multi-level troop, I actually have columns for each of those dates. Sometimes it's a shared meeting. And so all of them are going to do cookie review together where we're talking about prices and flavors. And then maybe I'm just making this up. And then maybe the next meeting, we're going to do financial literacy badges by level. So they're going to be split up by level again. Um, So that's kind of how I do it in my troop. Some of our meetings are together and some of them are split up by level. Um, In the past, when we were a bit smaller and we had fewer levels represented, we were like just Daisy Brownie. We were able to do all of our meetings together. We never split. So 
you know, whatever works for your troop, but you can take that into consideration on your sheet that way. Um, if you're handwriting, I like using a highlighter or a different color pen or marker to indicate the different levels just by color coding it. Um, or of course, on like a Google calendar, you can color code them. So that's a, another helpful thing. But anyway, so go ahead and start filling in. This is the, the topic. <laughs> for activities, you might be like, um, we're going on a hike this, we might go on a hike this month and we're going to, we might talk about leave no trace and sustainability for earth day. That's going on in April. Um, for this month we're doing, um, bridging for this month, we're doing a camping trip for this month. Maybe we're going to a petting zoo for this month, maybe. And that can also get easier. If you can see what badges you've filled in for the meetings, then maybe you want to do a corresponding activity. Like if you're doing an animal habitat badge, then maybe you want to go to a zoo or a petting zoo or an animal rescue or something like that. Um, or a wildlife preserve during that, same month so that you can build the activities off of each other. Um, but either way, that should give you some ideas for what to fill in. Um, and when you do this, you're going to find that instead of this being really overwhelming, it's actually really simple to the point where you feel like, well, man, this year actually goes by really fast and we don't get to do half of the activities that I have in my head. Like I have so many ideas of things we could do, but there's really only a very limited number of meetings and events. And when you take the seasonality into consideration, I mean, there's only a couple of extra things that we even have time to do. Like, this is actually really simple and totally under control. Okay, we're almost done. So at this point, you've filled in your year plan. So you could stop here, but I'm going to take it one step further. And I'm going to say now you're going to look at each month. And based on the meetings that you have there, you can create roughly a supply list and slash expense list. And so um, here's where you're going to actually compile like a rough budget slash financial plan. Now, since we don't have the meeting plans planned out yet, you might not know what supplies you're gonna need for that meeting. Like for home scientists, I don't necessarily know what experiments we're gonna do. So therefore I don't know what expenses I'm going to need. But I can assume that it's going to take some supplies. So maybe I'm going to set a budget for science experiment supplies for $30 or something for that troop meeting. Now, the meeting that we're doing, Brownie Dancer, they're going to be dancing. I'm going to have to prepare some things, but I'm going to assume that's not going to require any budget. I don't need to buy anything to earn Brownie Dancer. Just based on looking at the Badge Explorer, I'm just assuming this. We can do it with all stuff we already have or just our physical bodies. And so for that meeting, I'm going to do a budget of $0, right? And so you don't necessarily know what the supplies are going to be at this point because you don't necessarily have detailed meeting plans just yet. Um, and that's okay. Just coming up with a rough budget is really helpful. Now for the events or activities, think about registration fees. Think about what kind of supplies you're going to need. If you're going camping, this could be really overwhelming. If you've never gone before, if you've been camping, you probably have most of the stuff you need. And so you just need a budget for, um, whatever the camp fees are going to be, depending on the site that you're camping at. And then probably meals, and um, if you have activities that you're going to plan, maybe some activities. And so just like pick even a somewhat arbitrary number. If you've camped in the past, you can look at what your expenses were for a previous camping trip or you can kind of guess like, let's say, OK, we're going to spend I'm going to give myself a budget of two hundred dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars for that camping trip. And I'm just going to write that in. Um, and when you do that, you're going to have that. Um, now written out in a separate, you're going to make a separate sheet. And again, by month in chronological order, you're going to go ahead and write out what your budget is line by line of what you think your rough expenses are going to be per month. This is going to help you figure out, do you need to collect troop dues? How much should your troop dues be? How do you have money in your bank account that's already going to cover this? Um, how far will your bank account go before like you start seeing money from fall product and or cookies? Um, and if you... <laughs> If you have no idea because you're brand new and so you're just getting started, then you're going to um, see, you know, 
what activities can we do? What badges can we do that cost nothing or cost as little as possible? And when it comes to actually like buying the supplies or coming across the supplies, there's so many ways that you can get supplies for inexpensive or have somebody donate them or whatever. Um, And so you can cross that bridge when you get there to try to keep your expenses as low as possible. But this is going to give you a rough financial planner. And the reason why this is so helpful in addition to understanding like your troop dues and Um, If you need to charge event fees, like a nominal event fee, we did this all the time in my troop where we would have them do five, ten, fifteen dollars, depending on what the event was, because honestly, that really helped us um, with the expenses. And it also helped with our attendance rate because it gave families skin in the game. And so it encouraged them to show up because they paid a fee for the event. And sometimes those event fees might go up to like $25 if we were doing a camping trip that included all of the food for the weekend. It included entrance fees to wherever we were going. Um, It included, you know, archery fees or horseback riding fees or whatever, whatever it was. And so if it was a more expensive trip, then maybe it would even be as much as $25 per girl. But... The troop would still end up paying money beyond $25 per head. It's just that that took the burden off of the bank account, if that makes sense. So that's totally fine. But this gives you a budget so you can plan all of that. And in addition, you're going to then be able to track your actual expenses against your expected expenses and have a grip on where your bank account is all year. And it's going to make doing your year-end financial report so easy. And if you're brand new, yes, every single year, troop leaders have to fill out one troop leader per troop has to fill out your financial report at the end of the year where you list out all of your expenses and your income. And then you're supposed to also upload an itemized um an itemized report that shows where those numbers came from. And um, this sheet will actually allow you this, this, what, however you list it out, um, what I'm just describing, this budget slash financial plan will actually make that a cinch. It will make it so simple. And that way, um, your financial report at the end of the year is going to take you five minutes <laughs> tops and it, instead of hours and a ton of stress and trying to go back through your bank statements and figuring things out in hindsight, like I promise you, it's just going to make it so, so, so much easier. So that is the other big reason to do this. Um, the other thing to take into consideration for <clears throat> these um expense sheets is the actual badges themselves, how much the actual badge itself or patch itself costs. And so here, this can get kind of depressing because badges actually cost quite a lot. And it's really frustrating to feel like we work really hard for the girls to be able to earn some money during cookie season to then spend that money right back on Girl Scouts on badges. But you know what? It just is what it is. Like, you just kind of have to release that and let it go. Um, The other thing is that my troop is not necessarily hyper badge focused. So we do a lot of activities that aren't necessarily for badges, whether it's seasonal or not. And you can get awesome, awesome ideas by going on to um, a fun patch website. So like the girlscoutshop.com website has fun patches, but they're also kind of pricey for a fun patch. So I recommend snappy logos. That's my favorite. Advantage emblem is another really popular one, but that also is a little bit pricier unless you're buying in bulk. But Snappy Logos is so cheap. They have fun patches that are like 50 cents um, and or less than a dollar. So you can go on there. Um, They have sales. They have um, really low shipping. It comes really quickly. It is so, so fun to flip through their different categories of fun patches or to get their actual catalog in the mail. (laughs) And uh, you can get a lot of ideas for activities that way that aren't necessarily working towards a badge per se, but you can still be building the skills and having fun and bonding and having the GSLE outcomes. And it's just an opportunity to, if you have multi-level to blend activities. So if you have brownies and juniors who are meeting together and they're earning the brownie dancer badge, juniors can't earn the brownie dancer badge, but they can participate in the brownie dancer badge activities and then they can get a fun patch about dance, right? And so 
um, that's a really cool way to get ideas for activities for your troop. And um, and maybe keep expenses a little bit lower if you want to do that as an alternative to the official badge work um, or to spread out the official badge work. I will tell you, my troop generally would earn like uh, maybe five to 12 badges, official badges a year per level. Um, <clears throat> when they're younger, they are going to earn in my troop, they're going to earn a lot more badges um, because you can earn them more quickly because they're more simple and also because they don't have other things like high awards. As they get older, um, in my troop, they were more focused on journeys and high awards um, because they loved take action projects. They loved community service. They loved um, making the world a better place and like seeing how they can individually make a difference. And so that's where their interest was a lot more than like this week we're going to draw this week. We're going to take pictures this week. We're going to do science experiments like that was fun when they were littler. But as they got older, they really wanted these bigger overarching projects that would take several meetings and sometimes uh, several meetings for multiple years. Right. So my cadets who were working toward their silver, they spent last year, several meetings last year working on their silver and then if they had stayed, they would have spent several meetings this year working on their silver. Hopefully some of them will still earn silver. We'll see. But anyways, um, so honestly, they're not earning that many cadet badges because a lot of their meetings that they aren't in a multi-level situation when they're in a single level situation, they're just going to be working on silver because they're not doing it as homework in my troop. They're doing it as troop work, right? And to each their own, because not all girls want to do journeys. Not all girls want to do high awards. Not all girls are interested in that. And that is totally fine. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, and that is how you plan your year. Once you've done this, these steps, I mean, you can literally start doing the detailed meal, uh, meal detailed meeting plans and even start purchasing um, supplies. I like to purchase supplies and badges as far in advance as possible. Yes, sometimes you end up with excess and you have to return or exchange or whatever, which is a bit annoying, but um, I prefer to do it that way. First of all, I can take advantage of sales and free shipping events and things like that. But second of all, um, I really like to just plan as much as possible as early as possible and get everything sorted and labeled and organized so that I can pretty much grab and go. Then I don't have to think about what is my meeting this week? What are my meeting plans? I can just grab what I already have, take it with me the day of, and I'm good to go. And that way I can manage all my other priorities. So for me, I can get pretty much the entire year planned in one weekend. Obviously, having gotten girl input previously, and then I can go ahead and plan out in detail the entire year in a weekend. Um, there are things that change, so that's okay. There are um, meetings that if the girls really loved a particular topic, then they want to keep going with it, then you might, or they didn't finish everything, you might decide to throw, to, excuse me, to throw out the plan you had for the next meeting and instead you're going to continue doing the activities that they're loving. That's fine. Or you um, maybe have to change a date here or there or an event comes up that you really want to do with your service unit and so you're going to switch that um, event out for the one that you had planned for that month or whatever. Um, some troops are way more active than our troops so you might have a lot more events to plan. Some troops um, are way less active and they do no events outside of troop meetings and cookie booths. That's totally cool too. Whatever you want to do, that is up to you. Um, the very last thing that I wanted to say is after this, you can also get started on your communication, which means you can give the parents all the tentative dates. Just let them know they're tentative. Like this is what we're planning. You can start getting RSVPs for things. You can start lining up your volunteers, your carpools. You can even schedule <laughs> email reminders for troop meetings. Go ahead and get them scheduled for the year, girl. That way you don't have to remember to email your troop to remind them that there's a troop meeting on Tuesday because you already scheduled all your meeting reminders for the whole dang year. So that's how I do it. And um, it is very, 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 very helpful. 
It um, takes a ton of pressure off during the year. It definitely saves me hours. It saves me a lot of stress. It saves me a lot of trying to balance things. And it ensures that the experience is optimized to be as full as possible for my troop because it's amazing how fast time just passes. Um, But with COVID, it's a little bit tricky because like, Maybe you're planning a camping trip, but your council hasn't authorized camping trips yet. So you're just tentatively planning it and hoping that it's going to be good enough that you'll be able to safe enough that you'll be able to go when those dates actually arrive. Maybe you skip an overnight in the fall because um, in the fall semester because numbers are just too high and it's not worth the risk. And so we'll just wait until spring. Maybe you don't plan any overnights this year at all because it's just a crazy year and Hopefully, the next school year will finally be truly better. Um, Or maybe you're in an area that at this point is feeling really safe and secure. And if that's the case, I envy you. But also props to you. Like, great. Go for it. Plan whatever you want then. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, I hope that this is helpful. Um, I know it's a lot. This was a long one. And here soon I'm going to do another one where I just talk about the seasonality of what a Girl Scout year kind of looks like. Um, That'll be especially for new troop leaders or people who are very new to Girl Scouts and are a little bit overwhelmed by all this Girl Scout jargon. So I know you're listening. I know you're out there. I love you for listening. And I really hope this is helpful. Um, If this podcast has been helpful. Please share it with somebody else who needs it. Please leave me a review and let me know that it was helpful and that you're listening. And if you want to talk to me because I'm an actual person, you can send me an email at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Also, very soon I have some really cool stuff coming. I have a giveaway coming up for, do I want to say it? I'm just going to say it. I have a giveaway coming up where I am giving away troop t-shirts to an entire troop that's coming. I'm also going to be doing um, a cool gift box that you can buy for yourself because you earned it, girl, or for your co-leader for the holiday season. That's also coming soon. And um, in the spring, I'm going to be releasing all kinds of new cool stuff as well. So if that sounds fun to you, if you want to be part of it, you need to get in my Facebook group. So go to facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast, and there will be a link to join the group from there. I'll also link this in the show description and in the show notes. And you can also email me if you are having trouble, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com, and I will direct you of where you need to go. All right. Thanks for listening to me for an hour plus. Um, I love you for being here, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>